Hello, I'm Peter Whittle, and I'd like to welcome you to the very first edition of this new weekly discussion show produced by the New Culture Forum. Counterculture will, over the coming weeks, have a panel of people talking about, first of all, all the new things that are happening in our culture, whether it is films or books or TV drama or music, right up to the big philosophical questions which are preoccupying us and which in some ways now obviously are shaping our culture itself. Now today we're going to be starting by looking at a film which is pretty much the biggest one out there at the moment. Joker is directed by Todd Phillips. It stars Joaquin Phoenix as Batman's most famous opponent. It's quite controversial depending on which part of the political spectrum you come from, but it's been hugely successful and made something like a billion dollars at the international box office. Now I've got four people to discuss it with me today. They're all film fans. First of all, there's Anishka Kolek from the Passion for Freedom Festival in London. She's the co-founder of that. Mark Sidwell, who is deputy editor of Smith Magazine. Rafe Hadelmanku, who's an historian and commentator and Richard Bingley, security analyst and author. So before we start getting each other's throats about this, uh, let's just quickly take a look at a clip from the film. Arthur, does it help to have someone to talk to? My mother always tells me to smile and put on a happy face. She told me I had a purpose. To bring laughter and joy to the world. Is it just me? Or is it getting crazier out there? Though your heart is aching, smile, even though it's breaking. When there are clouds in the sky, you'll get by. What? If you smile <laughs> to your fear and sorrow, smile, and maybe tomorrow. <laughs> What's so funny? Freak! <laughs> Gotham has lost its way. What kind of coward would do something that cold-blooded? Someone who hides behind a mask. I used to think that my life was a tragedy. But now I realize it's a comedy. Um, 
stop Rafe Purdue, actually, this movie has taken, as I said, a billion. Why? Well, I think really it hasn't um, um, been a misfortune for it to have received so much uh, controversial uh, criticism from the left. So um, basically what we've seen is a lot of people from the right have gone to see it simply because it's annoyed the left so much. <laughs> um, so you've got dedicated um, movie lovers who I think could uh, quite genuinely say it is the best film for a, an artistic display of senseless violence since Clockwork Orange. Um, some are calling it a masterpiece. I would say it's a masterpiece in terms of tone. Uh, it captures that perfectly. Um, and certainly you've got one of the um, greatest performances, um, certainly of 2019 yeah. there. And so I think basically it's, it's really achieved something which we've wanted for a long time, which was to have a real movie back in the cinemas. And what Phillips has done here is he's managed to sneak in a real movie under the guise of um, a super comic hero uh, movie, and thereby you know, getting through the, the, the movie system that prevents that going through normally. I mean, th that is a very good point, because actually I should, we should make the point, this is not, it's about the Joker, you know, Batman's you know, nemesis, or not quite his nemesis, um, but at the same time, it's not a superhero, it's not full of CGI or anything, is it, Mark? No, 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 it's very different to all of those. I mean, I, I think what I would say about why it's made the money and something that, that worries me rather more about the film than I think does Rafe is, it's a film that repeatedly refuses to take sides on lots of questions within the film and as to who's a hero, who's a villain, as to what's really happened and what's happened in, in history, what's really going on, is someone uh, Joker's girlfriend or not, things like that. And crucially, at the heart of it, this is a film that really doesn't want to entirely say that Joker's a villain. And I, I have a problem with that. I find that distasteful, morally insane in some ways. He's very stylish, he's very cool, and people are responding to that. Mm -hmm. Part of the reason it's done so well globally is partly, you know, like the protesters in Chile have started wearing Joker face paint. There are people who do see him as an exciting sort of heroic figure, and I think that's, you know, that's a problem. Well, would you see Richard III as a, as a heroic figure? Because really, what we're doing is we're, we're seeing them through their own eyes and through the, their own pain that's been caused through it, but uh, in no way are they being idolised, I would say. Well, you know, I disagree. When Richard III, you know, goes through a complete destruction at the end of the, of the play, it's a tragedy. And as Joker says in this film, oh, this is not a tragedy after all, it's a comedy. Mm. And he discovers who he is, he finds his best self, and he becomes incredibly cool and stylish as a psychotic, murderous clown. And people enjoy that. That moment when he dances down the steps is already an iconic moment. People love it. And you said, did, did you find it cool? I mean, did, did, did you find that you were sympath sympathetic to him? I found it very painful to watch. And I think the reason I found it painful um, is watching someone suffer so much and, mm. and, and the world not taking notice or actually taking pleasure in causing suffering to someone else. And then this dystopian society where actually I could see the mirror images of the world we live in now where people are so alienated and, and separated and everyone is just rushing from work, home, and, and quite a lot of people are even alienated at home. So it was a painful watch because of the suffering of the, of the main character. And you know, I'm not saying whether I sympathize with his illness or not, mm. but just seeing that suffering and uh, recognizing how difficult it is. And then just seeing the, the reflection of what's happening around us now. Do you think, I mean, would you, would you say that's why it's had this resonance? That it's picking up, I mean, he says at one point in the film, doesn't he, I, is it me or is it just getting crazier out there? I, I think the whole film resonates because 
um, on, on two fronts. I mean, the first thing is what Rhodes said, is it's just a proper movie. You right, know, we, right. we're just not getting proper movies coming mm -hmm. through from Hollywood at the right. moment. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the second thing is that it, it is a psychological thriller, whether we like it or not, and it, it, it does show quite a lot of graphic uh, violent scenes. I think it ducks one scene, actually. They actually duck the issue of whether they kill uh, the, the, the girlfriend, whether it's his girlfriend or not. Yeah, yeah, that's no, uh, really critical. Uh, you know, it's an interesting mm. uh, issue to duck. Um, but non nonetheless, it was it was brutal, it was violent. Um, I mean, I've, I've been in quite sort of difficult protest situations when I was a young journalist, you know, sort of the G8 protest, the black block type of things. The, the actual cinematography was quite accurate to that. So, so I, I'd kind of contest your point a little bit, Mark, in, in that I think it was a criticism of violence because it was pretty accurate. Mm -hmm. and, and the best way to criticise violence is actually show it how it is, and I think that's what it, that film did. It's interesting when you look at those demos, I think you made a point actually before we came on, which is they are all men, mm. aren't they? Mm. Mm. they are. I also had uh, another point to add that I think on the point that you made about we haven't had a good movie in the mm. cinema for a very long time, I think what I'm missing in the cinema at the moment is that everything is so designed for you to take sides and never recognise mm. yourself in the character. I think mm. the good movies where you have this point that you're wondering, would I be able to do this? Would I get to this point if I was mm -hmm. really pushed? Mm -hmm. And you start to doubt yourself and you're really checking your history and, and thinking mm. about the future and your decision making and so on. And, and the movie that made me think and feel so much a few years ago was an Israeli movie um, that I've seen in the cinema during the festival where it was about a terror attack mm. in, in the center of, of, of one of the cities in Israel and the policeman was looking for his little boy and people were trying to get into, this, into the hospital to get cured but then the, the terrorist be, was being rescued and then there was the dilemma would mm. you put your mm. child first to get cured or would you want the terrorist to be safe so mm. in this movie there is this moment where you're also wondering could I be pushed to this extreme with all the circumstances I mean, around me? I, I, I saw it massively as a criticism of political violence, whether it's left or right, you know, he, he kind of made the point early on in the film um, about uh, w w when the joke was attacked, you know, sort of coming home from work by those those guys that worked for the Wayne Company, the Wayne yeah, Corporation. So that was kind of a, an allusion to, to maybe far right, you know, sort of, you know, homophobic, that, that type of violence. And then l later on, on the scenes where he's, um, he's in the city centre and you've got sort of the, the left wing type. Um, protesters, you know, it was kind of almost in alignment with what we're seeing with climate exchange, that kind of scenery. Mm. Uh, but again, he was showing the, the the brute force of it. I don't think he was saying Joker, the Joker character was right, or he was saying that one particular side was right. I think he was just saying kind of a, a plague on all your houses. If 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 you are supporting violent politics, this is what it leads to in many ways. Mm. I think I think that's a generous reading. I mean, I, mm. I agree with you. He doesn't mm. want to take sides, and that's why some of the critics from the left or the right have had a problem with the film. They wanted to come down and be a parable, mm. and maybe that's the problem I'm having with it too. But what he does to the violence that Joker commits, as you point out, talking about they don't show whether or not he really murdered the woman he wished was his girlfriend that he mm. stalks. Mm. Um, all the people he actually does murder, you could kind of say deserve it. They at least did something to, yeah. to yeah. really screw up his life. He, he doesn't kill the guy uh, who's with the guy who mm. gave him the gun, mm. but he does, you know, and, and, and he go, gets the police killed who were causing trouble and killed his mother and his mother mm -hmm. did terrible things to him. And they very deliberately do that so that you could kind of sympathize with everyone mm -hmm. he killed. I wanted to see the nihilistic, pitiless violence against people who don't deserve it that is what Joker is all about, mm -hmm. which you get elsewhere in the Joker mythos. I think they needed that in this film. 
but they chose not to do that. I think that just mm. it makes it even more successful as a movie, but it makes it very troubling, and I, I'm uncomfortable with but that. But I think that was deliberate. I mean, firstly, I mean, the, the, all those who criticise the film as being a right-wing film, I said what you've just said is, is the only example of how you could see a right-wing person saying this is uh, a right-wing film because here you have an evil protagonist who is essentially killing bankers, which we're supposed to sympathise with, and uh, who is trying to, to overthrow civil society. Uh, and overthrow basically the rich 1%. But apart from that, what do you have? You've got issues of mental health care cuts being made. Oh. You've got the, the, the plight of this man mm. being mad, badly treated by society. Um, everything in there, to me, is about, is about one man's struggle and about a failing society helping, uh, failing to help that person, uh, which is very, very much a left-wing view. But I would also say that <coughs> you're assuming that Joker committed any violence at all. Because if you look okay. really into the subtext there, mm -hmm. is this not just actually showing him as a truly tragic figure where all this happens in his mind? And you see that at the end of the film where the asylum in which he's been kept for so long, which we see it being dirty and with madmen in, in the lifts and really looking mm -hmm. as if it was during our time in the 70s when you had rubbish piling up. But then at the end, it's a pristine asylum when he runs with mm. bloodied footprints, thereby mm. suggesting actually that this has all happened inside the asylum and yes. inside his mind, and actually, he simply is a pathetic character who in his mind has created himself into this hero. Although, mm. I mean, that's very true, it's kind of dreamy, isn't it? Because mm -hmm. the therapist at the end is the same woman, isn't it? Mm. But she's beautifully made up. It's kind mm -hmm. of slightly stylized. Mm -hmm. but that's a cop-out, isn't it? I was gonna say, that, that, that is what dented the movie for me. I thought it was a terrific movie. And, and then in the end, they kind of, the last three minutes was, oh, by the way, I was asleep all the time. You know, they're kind yeah. of like, the, this, this book is, like a dream, but yeah. it, and it, it, that's just the very worst. Was, worst was he really asleep or um, not? But I mean, over was yeah. I don't know, by the way, from, from the very outset, we saw that when we had him mm. being in, inside the, mm. the, the, the uh, mm. taping mm. of the program, clearly that was his fantasy. The girl was a fantasy. So mm. I think all through it, you had this n narrative being there as a potential outcome. Also, on the artistic side, we could maybe look into whether looking at the images and how they've been composed everything where it's dark and difficult and painful, it's dark and, and even, you know, the way this, the scenes are shot and how it's all composed, then when he's in the spotlight, when he gets the, 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 the fame, everything becomes so vivid, so colorful. Yes. Mm. Yes. So then you would also yes. think, isn't it really in his mind? Because this is how it did. Yeah. When you feel depressed, things, er everything becomes very gray and, and, and the same and mm. equal and then, when you have this idea that you're just going to shine and show everyone your true self, then it all turns into this kind of kaleidoscope of colors and him dancing on the stairs where mm. before he was just going up, slowly up. Yeah. That's, that's such a very good point, sorry, because mm -hmm. I did actually watch it the second time just to, to brush up on it. And he actually, twice he mentioned his medication. And towards the end of the film, she said, We're going, this is going to be the last time you're going to see me and we can't renew mm. your prescriptions which meant that during that last period when he basically mm. came out of his shell mm. and became his true self, as you know from many mental health sufferers, suddenly they think this is the real me, I've thrown off the, the, the drugs and that's when he goes on to that killing spree. Mm. You know, the, the thing is that the basic uh, uh, political divide seems to be, uh, that you can, I think you can read it either way, in the sense that, you know, the demonstrators mm. with the cow masks, they could easily be those, you know, those, um, what are they called now, you know, the uh, Guy Fawkes masks, you know, those demonstrators, basically anarchists, you know, mm. eat the rich and all the rest of it. On the other hand, you know, you've got this sort of thing whereby people are saying, oh, but this is going to inspire these young men. Is it called incels? Incel, or whatever? Yeah. I mean, what do you, Richard, what, what, do, 
Do you think movies actually really do make people go out and do bad things? I, th I think it's highly unusual. You know, there's a number of academic studies around around this, but you, usually what the studies show is that there was a kind of a, a, a mental health issue in, in the first place. Um, because simply we, we wouldn't be able to watch any images, you know, without mm. turning into that image. So um, I don't really buy that, but, but ultimately, I, I, you, when you sort of look at the background of the director, and you look at the way that film was shot, I, I, I kind of can't see any bias one way or the other. I, I just think it was quite a strong argument against political violence. Mm. Um, it was interesting when you talk about brightness. I, from my memory of that movie, the only bright scene before the end was actually when he was suffocating his mother. That, that, <laughs> that hospital room <laughs> was really bright and it was the nicest room in the movie for two hours. Um, but but uh, other than that, I, I, when you look back at Todd Phillips's background, it, it's usually been kind of laddie comedy mm. you know he did sort of did the hangover um he, he's been criticized on 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 twitter a few times for, for sort of being too comedic or being insensitive you know um i, I i'm not going to say there were nice politically um incorrect jokes in there but certainly he delivered a couple of politically incorrect jokes he didn't duck you give them to the nasty people though yeah ab abs yeah. absolutely yeah. but but i mean at the moment we're seeing hollywood censoring itself all the time it doesn't quite make the final leap. Mm. I mean, there's been a, a kind of a sense of humour bypass, I think, from Hollywood for the last couple mm -hmm. of years. Mm -hmm. You know, it's all been about trying to generate tears, not, not, not laughter. Well, that's why Philip said famously that he left comedy because, as he said, woke culture killed comedy. That's it. Mm. Yeah, and this is definitely not a, a woke film in, in any sense, yeah. as, as we're saying. You know, it refuses really to take sides, you know, to the point of a fault, it, from my perspective, but certainly it's, it's not going to line up and mm. tick the boxes on some woke checklist. Absolutely, and I think along with the, the, the fear that the left have that this is going to incite incel activists, you also had the point that there was no um, moral message, but also there were no people of colour who were being uh, suppressed, there was no, no, no gays in there, you know, any of the checkboxes weren't there, and that I think was another source of grievance from the left. Mm. Yeah. But when you say, uh, you know, that um, Hollywood's lost its sense of humour, I mean, I, I, you could also say that Hollywood's lost its sense of being an adult, because I actually felt this was quite an adult film. You made the point earlier, uh, Anisha, that, that basically we're used to these kind of superhero films. This is a superhero film, but it's not at all, really, is it? I mean, we're used now to this mainstream of Hollywood is, in fact, all about Marvel comics, is it not? I don't know. It feels like tube feeding. It feels like? Tube feeding, mm, like yes. you don't really eat real mm. food where you can mm. taste... <laughs> the actual components, the ingredients of the food, and then decide mm -hmm. whether you like it or not. That, oh, it's an interesting composition. It's just tube feeding. Mm -hmm. You're just supposed to eat it, and that's it. It shows you what's possible. I mean, yeah. to see something like this. But also, I mean, it's not. It's not the only example. So, Logan, a couple of years ago. Don't right. know if anyone saw that. Mm. Fabulous movie. Better than this, I think. Mm -hmm. Much more clever and sophisticated. Morally complicated, without you know mm. taking this sort of very odd position towards the villain. Uh, dealing with some very dark things, but also hugely entertaining. Mm. And it doesn't have to be that th these superhero things you know, can't be sort of fun and silly and and also quite deep. I mean, the Batman the Animated Series, which is quite kind of old now on his TV, yeah. that's, that's amazingly good. That has this fabulous, um, really dysfunctional, emotionally abusive relationship between the Joker and his girlfriend. It's the sort of stuff you don't, mm. you don't get in this one. Um, so, you know, it, it's not... It's not the fact that it's superhero movies, and it, it can be done, but 
a lot of it has become just for children and not sophisticated enough, except I suppose Pixar and things like that. I can sort of understand it in the sense that when you have Netflix and so much opportunity yeah. to watch those quieter films yeah, at home, yeah, yeah. it's the big blockbusters that you want to have the, the surround sound and the mm -hmm. lights and everything else on the mm -hmm. big screen. And just the same way, I have a similar grievance with, with the theatre where you see so much of the stuff that you see now is just musicals bringing together the top 10 hits or whatever <laughs> band from the 50s and 60s and that sells out. It's getting a bit better now with a few more proper plays coming in, but uh, it's a similar phenomenon. Without wishing to sound too much like Mary Whitehouse, for, for, for younger viewers that was someone who really didn't like smut on television and all the rest of it. Um, this is a certificate 15. I mean, to me, it was people are saying, oh, it's a shockingly violent film. I, I've seen more violent. Mm. But even so, do you think 15? I mean, that seems like... Uh, I think on the psychological a level, it's a bit mm. too low. Not uh, not yeah. even the violence, just psychology. Just It's R-rated in the US. I was surprised it was 15 when I saw it at the front of the film. Yeah. I think it's fully justified. Uh, just on your comment. Yeah, but shouldn't nobody be in 80? Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, I can say, you know, when you've got people being stabbed in the eye and that, that kind of... Uh, mm -hmm. You know, it was... I'm not quite sure it was an 18. Um, but, but certainly quite a lot of the sexual context in there quite a lot of uh, I mean there were about eight severely mm. severe scenes of violence um, but you know let, let, let's sort of reflect that when you compare this I mean I watch a lot of Eastern European cinema and um, that that is brutally violent but it often sticks straight to the historical script but you wouldn't argue that that's necessarily a, an 18. I, I wouldn't argue that Joker was an 18. I think we've all become too soft mm. and sensitive. Mm. You know, in, in, in the old days, it was very clear what an 18 mm -hmm. movie would be. These days, if there's a little smattering of swear words and one scene of sexual violence, then mm. people immediately want to put racket up to 18. And I think we've become a very puritanical mm. audience, actually, mm. in the West. And once you've seen what video games they're playing at home, I think probably <laughs> yeah, they yeah, get yeah. much more. Do you think? I mean, this this political. Okay, we're more saying you can read it. You can read it either way. Uh, what we hear from Hollywood now is just basically a lot of liberal messaging. I think you'd agree. Whatever your political views, it's just like the actor after Robert De Niro is in this movie, and he's you know he goes on the stage and just says "f you." President Trump and all the rest of it. We hear it all, all the time. So it's a liberal place. But I mean, do you think, you know, do you think film, mainstream Hollywood films, Marvel or not, are basically liberal in their, in their general principles or are they right wing or is it the wrong way to read it? I mean, what would you say would be a conservative film, for example, Mark? What would you, have well, you, you I mentioned, I mentioned Logan the other, yeah. minute, and I mean, Conservative film, I don't know, what, what is that? I mean, do, none of us really want to go, even, even me doesn't want to go and listen to some sort of lecture about principles <laughs> no, that no, I agree I with. And Lo Logan, yeah, yeah. Logan, I think, is a, is a film that takes human nature seriously. There's a very adult, engaged film. It doesn't offer cheap, um, you know, moralizing lectures from, from the left. That, that's a sort of non-woke film that, that I would definitely consider, if not conservatively, something a conservative can watch without wanting to punch the screen. What about you? I have to confess that foreign-made movies make my day mm. because at the moment anything that comes out of America is just boring. Yeah. I'm sorry. Right, right. Yeah. I, it's I, just yeah. and and not to mention Netflix, where it's just I I, mm. I remember I watch few series because it's just easy watch. You know, you are at mm. home, you just have this half an hour, let's just watch something. Mm. I was appalled how they just shoving things up into you, your eyes and your ears that you sh should swallow and just agree that this is, yes, this is a great cultural progress and mm. yes, 
But there's a there's a political reality it's, here. I mean, there's there's uh, studies that show that last time's election, you know, Hillary Clinton got three out of four votes in Hollywood Hills County, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and the, the same in Los An Angeles County. Mm -hmm. Of the eighty-six million dollars given by the theatre industry and cinema industry to politics mm. to the presidential candidates in 2016, uh, for every five dollars, four went to Hil the Hillary campaign. Really? So it's indisputable yeah. for it me just that, feels that, like that, propaganda. That, that Hollywood is, is mm. kind of soaked in left-leaning politics. That's, that's not a surprise. I, th I think that's always been the case. You know, you've got strong acting unions there. Uh, actors choose to live in New York or choose to live in Los Angeles, mm. California, right? Mm. Um, what, what, what Hollywood is struggling to realize is that in this international world, there are now viable alternatives. Mm. You know, there is not uh, any longer sort of propaganda coming out of the mm. East. You know, there's, there's a Chinese cinema scene that's, that's pretty healthy. There's a Russian, there's Czech, there's Polish. Um, Are they quite political? You know, because you talked about before about Ch Czech cinema and, and, and are they quite? No, I mean they're buoyant because they're not. They're buoyant because they're fact-driven. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't go into identity politics. They, they stick with what's kind of happening at a street level, whether it's in a police department or whether it's in an art gallery. Mm -hmm. And I think Hollywood can le learn from this. At the moment, mm -hmm. it's kind of some self-wallowing bubble that's irrelevant to most of its audience. Exactly. I think it's very important because there are two distinctions here. There's having a left-wing bias or being of a liberal persuasion mm. and then there's trying to force your mm -hmm. opinions and your morality mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. have morality tales through the, through the movies that you're doing. And um, I mean, if you look at Jonathan Haidt and other psychologists, it's quite clear that people who are creative mm. tend to be more liberal because they're open to new yes. ideas. People who are more administrative and business-minded tend to be more conservative and you need to have a good balance of both in society. So it's, not, it's no surprise that everywhere you go in the world, look at the Weimar Republic, artists tend to be on the liberal side, not exclusively mm -hmm. obviously, but there's just an, an, an obvious leaning towards that side. So that's expected. But if you look, for example, at The Joker, it won the Venice Film Prize and only became controversial in America yeah. afterwards. Why mm -hmm. is that? Well, it's the same reason. Again, I'll quote Johnson Heights on this, I've been reading. He's the guy who wrote The Righteous Mind. Right, the Righteous Mind, and also The Coddling of the American Mind. And he said mm -hmm. that what we see now in university campuses with no platforming and, and the work mm -hmm. movement, mm -hmm. it's, an, it's an Anglosphere phenomenon. You don't get it elsewhere, no, no. primarily the UK, uh, mm -hmm. Canada, and America. And um, so it's basically something in our culture specifically that tries to have now, in the last 15 years, this issue of identity politics. And so I think that's what we're seeing here. And that's why foreign films have so far free from that. I think that it's mm. interesting because just uh, this week we're recording this on a Friday, this today uh, a Christmas film is opening called Last Christmas which is just a rom-com but apparently they have managed to put into it just about every woke you know trope at the moment and there's even some anti-Brexit stuff and there's xenophobia uh, and but all it's just, just, it's just a rom-com. It just reminds me of Soviet times and what we were forced <laughs> to watch in Poland. I think um, it, it, is there a problem? Do you think there is a, a, a real uh, uh, danger, though, that if actors come out with all the stuff that they do, that they are actually again eventually going to kill the goose that laid the golden egg? Aren't they actually going to... You know, there's this saying now, is it get woke, go broke? Mm. Do you think mm. that this is a real danger? Is it something we should, you know, consider? I mean, th these industries will in the end follow the money if someone works out how to find it. And Joker is a fascinating example of that. Right? It didn't make the money in the US, and maybe partly there's woke things going on there. That, I mean, it did all right in the US, but it's the global box office mm. that really showed you could make money. And 
you know, these, these companies will in the end start to realize if, if they see the, the dollar signs that they can, they can go down that road and take a, a less prescriptive uh, point of view, maybe. Maybe the foreign market will help them. I, I mean, what, what's interesting about all of this is um, actually when you look at the, the business side of Hollywood, it's still quite vibrant. You know, it did have a couple mm. of bad years until mm. last year. And then the, the last financial year, it's been as strong as it's ever been. Um, there's a number of variables. It might might be that you, the economy is in recession and pe people can't afford the cinema tickets. You know, it it, it might be that um, you're just simply manufacturing too many sequels. Mm -hmm. um, people are sick of sequels. You know, unless it's sort of Toy Story or something. So I think it, I think it's too early to tell, but. Um, one thing's clear is, is that certainly the competition will be stronger. I mean, they, 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 they might well do this and do the, you know, the, the, the woke rom-com, but, but it, can they keep getting away with it? And I, and I don't think it's sustainable personally because it comes back to what we said at the start of the show is, is actually it's, Joker was the first decent movie where you could just go and sit there and watch it with a, a pack of Smarties and, and a Donut <laughs> Coke, you know, and just, just switch off a bit. I just think there's a danger possibly that what I meant really was that these actors, they like virtually pick anyone you want, right? They they go on about deplorables and they go on about Trump and all the rest. Of it. Eventually, people will stop saying, "Well, actually, you know, why should I pay? Why should I pay my money to see you? If you think I'm so despicable, mm. Mm. why should mm. I pay my money to see you?" Um, we've only got a few minutes left, so I just uh, I want to say, you know, I asked you if you is, is a good fit. I said a right wing or a left wing conservative film, and you put me down on that one, Mark. So. What would you suggest? Can you come up with a recommendation of a film that's meant a lot to you that you think that our viewers would be actually interested to get something from? You mentioned Logan. I love Logan. Logan, okay. Yeah. Have you got one, but, uh, whatever, from wherever in the world, Anishka? I'm a huge fan of Israeli movies at the moment, I right. have to say. Right. Yes, they really go straight to the bone. Anyone in particular or? On the, uh, on the subject of violence yes. and, and young men, um, last year at the Israeli Film Festival, I watched a movie about, um, there was a poet that got fined and he had to do the service with the young offenders, disenfranchised offenders in Jerusalem. It was painful, but it was, it's really um, worth watching. Called? I don't remember the no. title now, but it's really worth but watching. But basically you're saying Israeli cinema yeah. is pretty good. Richard. I, I, I have to say, uh, in the last six or seven years, there's been nothing I've particularly enjoyed uh, coming out of, of American uh, cinema or no. coming out of the UK particularly. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I've got a very it's traditional... It's going way back in time. Going way, I, I mean, favorite pro probably movie? my favourite movie that might be in any way perceived as political is, is The Wizard of Oz, because it's kind of anti-authoritarian. <laughs> right. uh, but have got some great tunes. But, but that wasn't picked up at the time. <laughs> if, you ran, if you ran it today, obviously, you, you know, it would be a massively political movie. It might not even get shot today, I guess. Well, I'd love to say carry on, Cleo, because that's got the, the um, highest budget ever done because they filmed it just after Anthony and Cleopatra with Liz Taylor and Richard Burton. So mm. if you want to see Sid James wearing Richard Burton's outfit, Are they really <laughs> that's, <laughs> what, that's oh a very God. good one. But personally, I would say last year when we had Gary Oldham as Churchill, mm. terrific mm. film, specifically mm. now when we're seeing so much iconoclasm against um, our heroes and the toppling mm. of statues. But there you have one man mm. who really did, in that one year period, ensure that democracy had its flame kept aglow mm -hmm. in those crucial years between, between Russia and America coming in and how one man's resilience and determination can actually bring a nation together if you can motivate them and inspire them. 
I think also that was done really with a light touch, actually, wasn't it? It wasn't jingoistic or anything. I just had my two pence worth. This is a movie called Seven, which is the 1990s, mm. which mm. Um, mm. you know has Morgan Freeman as the kind of man who knows maybe a lot, is a lot very knowledgeable, the young cop who knows nothing and is very contemptuous of everything that's gone before. Um, and you know they have a battle and one comes off worse. But to me, I, I felt that that was actually interesting because it was talking about how previous knowledge can actually be used to actually solve something in the present. Mm -hmm. So I, I would say that one. But thank you very, very much for those recommendations and, and, and also for the, for the discussion. Um, that's our first program, but uh, we're going to be on now regularly. So I do hope that you do watch again. It's Counterculture, New Culture Forum. And thank you to my guests and see you next time.